this week, this election week, I've been drawn to the writings of Howard Thurman. Howard Thurman was born in 1899 in Daytona, Florida, primarily raised by his grandmother who had been a slave and told him that, that when the slaves were allowed to have services, the preacher would finish each of his sermons by looking out at the congregation and saying, you are not slaves, you are God's children. And Howard Thurman internalized this, that, that the creator of all that existed also created me, and that I am God's child. And so, so in the midst of the violence and the midst of the Jim Crow laws and everything that it meant to grow up African-American in Florida in the early 20th century, Howard Thurman began to develop this muscle of, of rising above it and moving beyond it because that he knew that he was God's child. And as his life and career developed, he was able to travel to India. He met Gandhi and he, he realized that nonviolence was not just a, a tactic or a way to see justice happen. It was actually um, a way of, it was a way of being in the world. It was a way of existence. And, and this teaching and writing by Howard Thurman inspired Dr. King and many other civil rights, uh, those who worked for civil rights in the 1960s, to move beyond hatred. Because hatred is, is not the end and hatred does not move us towards justice. Howard Thurman wrote this, above and beyond all else, it must be borne in mind that hatred tends to dry up the springs of creative thought in the life of the hater, so that his resourcefulness becomes completely focused on the negative aspects of his environment. The urgent needs of the personality for creative expression are starved to death. A man's horizon may become so completely dominated by the intense character of his hatred that there remains no creative residue in his mind and spirit to give to great ideas, to great concepts. Now this week, our text is from Amos chapter five, and it's a little bit of a dark text. Amos the prophet is saying to the people of Israel, don't wish for the day of the Lord. Now, why would they be wishing for the day of the Lord? Well, the people of Israel were divided. They had enemies. They were, there were people that had great disagreements. And, and so they were wishing for the day of the Lord because they wanted to see their enemies get what they deserved. Does that sound familiar? I found myself many times struggling over the last months hoping that the people I disagree with will get what they deserve. And Amos says to the people of Israel, and perhaps to a few of us as well, alas for you who desire the day of the Lord, why do you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light. And he goes on to, to say that, that I hate, I despise your festivals. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Now, why would that be? It's because the, the people of God, the, Is the Israelites, the people that Amos is talking to had allowed themselves to get so caught up in divisiveness, in hatred, in, in judgment, in retribution, that there was no space for true worship. 
There was no space for true justice. And as we look at our nation and, and what we have learned in the last years and months, we know that we have work to do. We are divided. And, and we know that there is a deep violence and hatred and um, separation in our nation that must be healed. And, and so if we're to listen to the voice of the prophet, if we're to listen to the wisdom of Howard Thurman, we, we have to come to terms with the places in ourselves that, that are full of hatred, that are full of violence. And, and this is true on a national scale as well as an individual scale. When I was in Rwanda two years ago and I, I listened to uh, the voices that led up to that nation's genocide 25 years ago, I was so struck by how the rhetoric mirrored our own rhetoric in our nation. The othering that happens of those that we don't agree with. And we can see this pattern in those places we are familiar with in in Ireland and in Germany, we have some work to do in our nation to heal those divides. Karen Murphy, who has worked all over the world in some of the most divided places and works here in the United States as well, asks these questions. How do you live in peace after years of violence? What does it look like? What does peace sound like? How do you learn to trust the other? How is confidence restored within communities among people who feel betrayed by their own? Must the violent past be faced in order to secure peace or coexistence or forgiveness? And what role, if any, must there be for acknowledgement, responsibility, blame, punishment, or justice? I'm taken with one word in this passage in Amos, and that is the simple word of let in verse 24. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever flowing stream. That word let comes from the passive form of the verb roll down. And it's the sense of of allowing something to come through us rather than, than pointing our finger or, or becoming self-righteous to, to soften, not harden, to listen rather than close off, to, to yes, address the structures of violence and injustice in our society, but also the structure of hatred in our own souls. And so this is the ongoing work, no matter what the results of the election have been, that, that we still have work to do within ourselves and within our world, and it will require a softening and a reckoning, not in a sense of you are wrong and I am right, but how do we come together? And we have begun to develop 
those muscles in our country. We have definitely begun to develop those muscles in our congregation in recent months as we've talked about anti-racism, as we've become engaged with in conversations with our partner, as we've leaned into our community. And in this uh, season of stewardship, I hope we can both reflect on this last year and, and feel good about the ways that we have done that and also commit to moving forward in a way in which we can be a part of the healing of our nation and the healing of our souls. To be a place where justice is able to flow, to not get caught so caught up in how right we are or in defending our own privilege, but instead to, to keep open the door of the heart, as Howard Thurman says to commit to letting justice flow through us. This is my prayer for us, for our nation, and for our world today.